0: welcome to the city rev life podcast my name is justin i'm sitting here with craig and we are excited because we're starting a new series here on the podcast it's called verses that aren't verses oh yeah
1: oh yeah it's a good series so give us a
0: little bit what what do we mean by verses that aren't verses so we're talking
1: about those phrases those sayings that are in pop culture or in just kind of our world that sound yes like they're part of the bible but they're, they're not.
0: Yes. So you might even throw them around. Maybe you've heard people say, you know, as it says in the scripture. So yes. what is our first verse that's not a verse?
1: So the first one we're going to look at today is one that you've all heard, and that is God helps those who help themselves.
0: God helps those who help themselves, also known as Second Opinions, Chapter 4. Yes. Verse three. Yes. I've been waiting to use that joke. That's a, so, so I long. could tell. Yeah, but that's okay. I have a different joke for next, the next step. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. But save second, it. Save it. Opinions, Don't use it all right now. Second Opinions is probably the most underrated book. It's a good sure. one. It's so a good one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so this phrase obviously is not in the Bible. Uh, God helps those who help themselves, but this phrase has been around for a long time. Like ancient Greece. Hmm. They used this phrase about the gods, about the gods, almost like the gods help those who help themselves in some different forms of it. Okay. But it was around in ancient Greece. uh, And then it was really famous, became really famous in America because Benjamin Franklin put it in his book. And that kind of became quoted as like an American proverb, Uh, but it's in a lot of different cultures. It's very, it's a very popular common saying, right? And and the meaning behind it is the heart behind it is that, You know, we can't just sit around and wait for God to act on our behalf. Mm. Uh, The idea behind it is that you can't, if your life is not going the way that you want it, you can't just sit back and pray to God and say, God, work in my life. Uh, But we need to take action. We need to take initiative. We need to move and we need to start things and start those efforts and then let God bless those efforts rather than just sitting back and waiting for, for God to move. Sure.
0: Clear. Okay. So then it sounds like as I'm hearing you describe that, um, there's reasons why people who have mistook that as a Bible verse, there must be some way in which it's either a misread or there's some principle that's either being overemphasized or under-emphasized. So how does it interact with the scripture?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these phrases that we'll cover, that we'll go over, uh, they have some sort of kind of half-truth to it or something that sounds like scripture in it. Uh, and there are scriptures in the Bible that talk about the importance of work, and yes. they do talk about how, especially in, in our efforts in our lives, how right. we need to take action and and we are in some ways responsible for our lives, right? And that God right. will bless our actions, right? So there's, if you read through the, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, there are mm-hmm. a lot of verses about the importance of work. Um, Proverbs 13, 4 says the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Mm. Proverbs twelve eleven says whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. And there's this idea if you read through, especially through the book of Proverbs, but if you read through a lot of the Bible, uh, there's this idea that we, we shouldn't just we sit around all day, wait for God to move and then say, okay, God, why, why is my life not working the way it should, right? The problem right. talks about like, you know, the, the sluggard, the lazy person sits in their house and comes up with excuses why they shouldn't do anything. So, oh, there's a lion outside. I'm not going right. to go out there. You know, I'm going to wait for God to, to set things up for me. And then, then I'm going to go forward. And so there is this idea of, of a call for us to work hard, and there is an idea of self-responsibility in the scriptures, but it's not quite saying God helps
0: those who help themselves. I see. So um, what I'm hearing you say to kind of circle back to what you where you started is this phrase gets thrown around or used when someone is being passive or maybe someone... Um, is just kind of meandering, wandering around, not no real purpose or drive to their life. And maybe a well-meaning person might say, Hey, kick it into gear. God helps those who help themselves. Right. We,
1: we had an old youth leader who would tell people, God can't move a parked car. And it's kind of that same idea, right? (laughs) Like you need to like, you need to go do something and then God's gonna, you know, and there is a little bit of that truth of that sense of like, Hey, as Christians in our, in our life of faith, in our, just taking care of our physical life and our families, we do need to move and work and start things. But the idea that God only helps those who helps themselves isn't true because there's a lot of examples in scripture where God helps people who cannot help themselves. So hit me
0: with those. That might be helpful. So
1: there are a lot of examples where God helps people who can't help themselves, or he intentionally makes it clear that he is the one helping people, that he is the source and reason for success, right? So you see this in the Old Testament. When Mm -hmm. you look at Israel's battles in the Old Testament, especially like the battle of Jericho, uh, you see that this is uh, an example where God's saying, hey, It's not the strength of your army that will win this war. It is God and his power. So he tells them, you know, I don't even want you to fight. Just circle around the town, blow your trumpets, and the walls are gonna fall down. Right. You know? Gideon, he God intentionally pushes away Gideon's army again and again and shrinks it and shrinks it, right? Trying to show that he is the power behind it. And then I think the most obvious example of God helping those who cannot help themselves is the healing ministry of Jesus. Right. Right. He Jesus several times in scripture, help people yeah. who weren't, you know, working or doing anything because they, they were stuck, right? They were blind or they yeah. were uh, handicapped or, you know, mm-hmm. there is something going on in their life. The story of Lazarus, like right. Lazarus he, was dead. Sure. The King can't, James.
0: Can't really help yourself.
1: Yeah. The King James said he was dead so long that he stinketh, his body stinketh.
0: And his body stinketh.
1: His body stinketh. He was he, dead. He, he, he was, was in there. He was in there for a while and Jesus shows up and... sure brings them back to life. And God helps people who cannot help themselves yeah. because he wants to show us his love, his grace, mm-hmm. his mercy, his power so that he'll be glorified in it. Right? right. So that it won't just be like, oh, our strength and what we did, but yeah. rather that God is working and moving in our lives. And so the, yeah. so the people know that it's God at work. So to say that God only helps people who help themselves is inaccurate. There's a, there's a little bit of a truth to it, right it's not complete picture it's not complete because god god is a merciful gracious god and he helps people all the time like you and me who can't help ourselves in so many ways
0: yeah and in hearing you talk about the healing ministry of jesus there's a couple specific stories that just jumped to my mind i think of um, these two stories because they draw out just how specifically the people who are being healed couldn't help themselves which is you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood as jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. Um, This woman reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. She experiences healing from Jesus. And in the passages, it draws out the fact that she had spent all of her money on physicians. She tried everything. So she was not only had this health issue, but she had literally spent all that she had yeah. to try and find someone who could heal her. And then the story of the man who would try and go dip himself in the pool, dip yeah. himself in the pool, right? Yeah. He's a, an invalid, a paralytic, you know, and desperately believing that the pool has these healing powers, um, would just be there day and night. Yeah. yeah. Or the, or the man whose friends
1: had to lower him through the ceiling cause he couldn't yes. get there. Right. It's like fully dependent on others.
0: Yeah. The gospel writers want to draw out, for us, so that there's no mistaking it. This person cannot help themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like what <laughs> yeah. Je- Jesus is doing everything for them. And so uh it's one of those ways in which, you know, that yeah. th- the phrase breaks down.
1: And I and I think when we when we look at this phrase in different uh parts of our lives, then it I think the danger is different, right? When we're thinking about like, hey, if you're trying to talk to someone and they're just think of feeling stuck in their life or their career, right? right. And you're telling them, hey, God only helps someone who helps themselves. Like, okay, you're trying to get them to start something and go and, and figure out their path. Yeah. You know, okay, I mean, it's not in accurate. In that case,
0: it's like, it's unhelpful wording, but I understand what you're trying to get at. Right. Like,
1: right? like God, God wants you to move and go and start sure. that, that kind of thing. But when we apply this to God's favor, or our salvation kind of the foundation of our faith right that's where things start to get really dangerous right because the core of our faith and the core of our salvation is what god has done for us who are undeserving who could not save ourselves we could not earn god's favor god's love it's an act of what god has done out of his grace and out of his mercy that saved us i mean ephesians 2 puts it perfectly uh when the apostle paul says because Mm And then he reaffirms it in verse eight. He says, for it is by Mm -hmm. grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so that's where the danger really lies is when we start to think of ourselves and our standing with God or our faith in the sense of God helps those who help themselves. Like we contributed to this, you know, and you start to see that sometimes. In the scriptures of, you know, the Pharisees or those people who were prideful Mm -hmm. or or hypocritical hypocritical for their belief that, you know, God had worked in their life because of who they were, who they were as a person. They were so good. And so when we start to think that way, Mm. it can be dangerous because then we start to think that we somehow are credited, you know, ourselves for for God picking us or us being good enough to be loved by God, right. where it is an act of God's grace, an act of his mercy that yeah. he decided to send Jesus to die for us, that he took mm-hmm. on our sin on the cross. It's not what we have done, but what he has done for us.
0: Yeah. The primary message of the new Testament, the gospel is all about the fact that God helped people who were helpless through yeah. his son, that, that we
1: were dead in our sins. Mm-hmm and couldn't help ourselves, we were dead, and God sent his son Jesus to die for us, to yeah. free us from the curse of sin.
0: Maybe what's another way in which we might apply this that's very unhelpful?
1: I think the other way this is really unhelpful, uh, and, and dangerous maybe when we apply it, is when we apply this logic to our neighbor. Mm. And uh, this is probably the like way I hear- the guy next door? Yeah, the guy next door, you okay. know? The guy next door, or even to the people in our community, or even yeah. people in our family that we know, yeah. uh, people around us, when we start to look at the mm-hmm. situation and circumstances of those around us and see that there are people in our lives who are maybe less fortunate, uh, and we start to think, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. right? And we start to see, and we start to maybe even blame people mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, your situation is because you're not doing enough, like God's right. not helping you out because. Cause you're not doing enough.
0: You're not holding up your end of the bargain. That's
1: right. Yeah. And we can kind of weaponize this phrase and start to think, Oh, okay. Like you're not doing enough. So that's why God's not blessing you. And we can excuse ourselves from that equation and start to think, okay, well, you know, God's only going to help them if they help themselves. So I can't do anything Mm -hmm. about that. I don't have any part of that. And then we kind of turn our backs and and walk away. But again, the, the model of Jesus is generosity is merciful right? is we are called to follow this model and take care of those around us, even if it comes at cost to us. The part that kind of cuts me to the core Mm -hmm. on this, if you want to pick out a verse that really talks about this is in the book of first John, Mm -hmm. Uh, first John chapter three, uh, starting in verse 16 says this, by this, we know love that he being Jesus Mm -hmm. laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods, And sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. And so, what the Apostle John's telling us here is he's saying that, hey, if we claim to love God and we claim Mm -hmm. to have the love of God and we have worldly goods and we see people Mm -hmm. in need and we turn our hearts away from them, then we can't claim to know God's love. Mm -hmm. We can't claim that God's love lives within us because an expression of God's love is to care for those around us, even in in ways like this.
0: Yeah, and I I also think about the way that that word help in that phrase, God helps those who help themselves. If we apply this to our neighbors and look around with that grid, how we define help, And the kinds of things that we would say, wow, God has helped that person. Yeah. Reveals a whole lot about the way we view God. Yeah. And what we value. Right. And what we value Mm -hmm. and what might be our true God. Right. So like someone looking at the apostle Paul, imprisoned, Mm -hmm. um, facing constant, you know, torment, suffering, and pain. Yeah. From the outside looking in, someone who's not very Wealthy, yeah. Um, uh, you know, in, in some way, you know, he was a tent maker by trade, and then you know, an outsider looking in might just see him kind of as this fanatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some might look at Paul and say, Wow, like, geez, Paul, God helps those who help them. You wouldn't yeah. be in this kind of yeah. position, Paul, if you <laughs> would just get into gear, yeah, you know, because on the outside looking in, his life. In one sense, it could look right. like, what are you doing? You're right. you're just bouncing from city to city like a gypsy, you know, going from place to place. Right. And, Maybe
1: if you settled down a little bit, stayed in one spot,
0: you know, trying to yeah, build something. I know, right. <laughs> and the irony, right, of Paul, someone who was tremendously helped by the Lord, yeah. right, while Paul is on his way to go imprison Christians, Jesus shows up and helps him. Yeah. When Paul was doing the opposite Of helping, right? So, just again, a helpful summary. I love that. I love how you treated it in the sense that there are, when someone says this to us, we don't need to like drop the hammer on them and get angry. What? You know, but at the same time, we need to recognize that there are some dangers to applying that thinking and just be thoughtful as believers. Um, when someone drops a line, you know, as the Bible says, and to be able to gently say, well, actually the Bible doesn't say that in particular. Yeah.
1: And if we're going to meditate on something and let it really be a a refrain in our mind, something that we go to a lot, let's be accurate. Like let that be God's word in our lives. Let's not, you know, let these phrases and sayings of Benjamin Franklin and the ancient Greeks, you know, direct our lives more than scripture, right? We want to be true to God's word and what he has to say.
0: Yep. Yeah, uh, i think it's the example of the brand church that tested everything that was being taught to the scripture yeah. and that's that's what we want to have we want to have that discipline and impulse let me test that phrase let me test that tweet i saw let me test that quote To what the scripture actually says so with that hey that was that was helpful hope you enjoyed that if there's someone in your life that you know would benefit from this or maybe someone who recently told you god helps those who help themselves maybe send them this podcast that'll be fun (laughs) but hey thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the city rev life podcast we'll see you next time thank you for joining us on city rev life you can subscribe to this podcast rate and review wherever you're listening to this and we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.